This is episode number 49 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Absolutely eliminate public speaking fear. This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on fearless presentations, Doug Stannard. Hello, and welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast brought to you by the Leaders Institute and fearlesspresentations.com. I'm your host, Doug Stannard, president of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you get rid of public speaking fear and increase your success by increasing your confidence when you communicate. This is episode number 49, and this is part two of a two-part series on Train the Trainer session. So last week I covered some of the kind of big mistakes that a lot of trainers make when they're doing a Train the Trainer or, or that we make when we're trying to train other trainers. This week, we're going to give you five key things that you can do to become a better public speaking coach, a better presenter. By the way, um, even if you don't want to be a coach, the information is very valuable because you you can really see some of the behind the scenes stuff that we do as presentations coaches and fearless presentations. By the way, the, prod, the podcast is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. Um, I've, on the last couple of weeks, I've mentioned that if you want to get in contact with us, make sure and you can shoot us a tweet at FP class at the, the at symbol, obviously, and FP as in fearless presentations class, F-P-C-L-A-S-S. And that will we try to answer every one of the, the questions that we get through Twitter as, as quickly as we can. So if you have a question or a comment or if you have um, something that you want us to cover in future podcasts, make sure and, and do that. Also, don't forget about the show notes. We In every one of the descriptions that we create in iTunes and Stitcher and some of the other places where you see the little summary of, of the podcast, it almost always will give a link back to the show notes. And the show notes have a ton of additional information that is not on the podcast. It's got great images and stuff like that. Plus, a lot of times you can we'll have like cheat sheets and handouts and stuff like that that you can download for free. So make sure and visit the show notes for each one of these. It'll give you some insight that you may not get on the podcast. We've got classes coming up in the the two-day fearless presentations classes we have a, a bunch of them coming up in the third quarter we've got classes in detroit and columbus atlanta new york nashville washington dc dallas st louis los angeles orlando portland boston Cincinnati and Austin. We also have classes coming up in Europe. We have a class in Vienna. We have uh, two in uh, one in London and another in Dublin in the next few months as well. So if you're interested in any of those classes, make sure and register for the class uh, at fearlesspresentations.com because uh, as I say every week, we only allow a maximum of 10 people per class. These are very small classes and so once the seats fill up, we have to close registration. Let's get on with today's podcast. So in this session, we're going to cover five ideas for really great train-the-trainer presentation skills sessions. And in just, just as a recap to what we covered last week, last week we covered some of the big challenges that people have when they're learning to, to be presentation coaches. And, and in addition to that, some of the, the um, situations that I found where certain people have a higher propensity to be a good coach. And one of the things that we talked about last week was that if you want to be a really good presentation coach, 
it's much more challenging to do that if you've never had a presentation fear yourself. <laughs> if you can't really relate to what your what your students are going through, it becomes a little bit more challenging to to kind of have empathy for them or to coach them through that process. So today though, we're going to focus on, you know, no matter what your background is or what your training is, these five key things are things that will help you be better if you're doing a train the trainer session with learning how to do presentation skills. So the very first thing that you want to focus on is you, and this is, by the way, this is not the very first thing that you need to do as a, as a, as a trainer, but it's one of the things that you want to focus on, especially early on in your career is number one is the example teaches. Seneca once said, it is difficult to bring people to goodness with lessons, but it's easy to do so by example. So when I begin to, to train, when I begin to train a new instructor, when I'm, when I'm, when I, when somebody comes on to my, somebody joins my company and they want to learn how to be a public speaking coach, that kind of thing, the um, the instructor candidate always wants to start by learning the quote unquote content right they think and in fact most people i can i can just say that in in the 20 years or so that i've been doing this most people who start the train the trainer process with me about 2 weeks into the train the trainer process they'll be uh, they'll go okay when you got to cut me loose now i'm ready to go <laughs> and then about i don't know maybe 3 months in they're probably thinking holy cow i'm never going to learn all this right so the, in the early stages, you don't really know what you don't know. And so the, the key first step is to get really, really good at giving examples in your class because the example really teaches. They, um, so a lot of these new instructors, they, they, want, they, they want to learn what to teach. But in reality, though, the examples are way more important in the teaching process than the content. In fact, I can do a, an absolute terrible job teaching content. I can I can flub everything, I can mess up all the content, but if I give a good example, the class that I'm teaching will still understand what I want them to do. The opposite is not true though. I, if I'm very clear and understandable in my instruction and then I give a bad example, the audience will often be confused about what I want them to do. So the class members are always more likely to do what we do rather than do what we say. That's why the examples are so key in the instruction process. So when I have an instructor candidate who's trying to learn how to teach a fearless presentations class, for instance, I often have them go through the entire class as a student first. No matter what experience they've had, even if they've been a public speaking coach for 25 years or 20 years or 30 years, I will have them go through as a, as a student. Now, I do this for two reasons. Number one, the candidate, if the candidate is already a really good speaker, and the class makes that person better, then it just reinforces to the candidate how really good the class is, and that happens quite often. But in addition to that, though, it allows the person who's going through the train-the-trainer process to get really good at the examples, right? They, 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 it allows that, that person to, to create examples from actual practical experience. And so the, the more times that I have that person go through that process, the easier it is for them to come up with examples. And in fact, I will often have an instructor candidate go through the class as a either a student or as a graduate coach, that kind of thing, typically about two or three times. And every time I have them go through the, the class as a student, 
I make sure that they give me a different example. They, they, for, for every assignment that we're doing in a class, I want them to give me different examples. And, and that's really key in the instruction process, the training process. And by the way, I, I explain that to them as, as they're kind of going through the process. The reason why is because quite often as a, as a speaking coach, as a, as a trainer, we're going to be given information across to the audience. And we're going to think we're doing a really, really good job. We give them a good example. And then we walk around and we listen to what the class members are doing. And it's totally off the mark. It's not even close to what we want them to do. And at that point, we got to be able to pull out a second example or maybe even a third example to get them back on track. And that happens a lot, by the way. I mean, that that as a, as a speaking coach, I find that happening, happening quite often, even as, as many times as I've done public speaking classes. So the second thing that will help you be a much better public speaking coach is you want to deliver your content to your students in bite-sized pieces. Now, this is what we talked about in the last couple of weeks on webinars. If you're going to give a webinar, give it to them in bite-sized pieces. And obviously, webinars are much easier to kind of do that than, than an in-person presentation. But even so, you still want to deliver the content, especially in a train-the-trainer process, in bite-sized pieces. This, the technique that we use in the fearless presentations classes, by the way, is to give students, one, this is in the classes themselves, when, when we as instructors are teaching this to our, our, our students, we give the students one simple thing at a time, and we allow that participant a chance to really master that component part. And once they have a success with that component part, then we add something new to what they've already learned. And we let them practice that and master that component as well. And then we add something new and let them master that. We don't give a new student a long series of items. We just give them one little thing at a time and have them master that part. Um, we, we, By the way, a good example of this that we often use, I use these in the class, and I probably use this on the podcast a lot as well, is learning to drive a car, learning to ride a bicycle, those kind of things. Those are step-by-step processes that, that we learn as we're kind of growing up. And so a lot of people can really relate to it. But if we're teaching a teenager how to drive a car, we're not going to give that person a long list of items on the first day that they, that he or she has to learn. We're going to start in a parking lot, and we're going to teach the student how to park first. And and same thing with a child learning to ride a bike. You know, we're not going to we're going to have that kid master balance first, and then we might teach the kid how to steer, and then we might teach the kid how to start and stop. And so it's a step by step process. Let them let the person gain confidence in each one of those components and it makes it a whole lot easier for them to 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 move through the process much faster. Now by the way, a lot of times when I'm explaining this to people, especially when I'm explaining this in the train the trainer process, when I'm teaching teaching um, the the folks that I'm training how to be an instructor to do this, a lot of times it sounds like this is going to take a much longer period of time, but the exact opposite is true. In fact, you will learn things a lot faster and the people that you're training will learn things a lot faster if you let them master the component parts one at a time instead of trying to, to bombard them with a bunch of stuff that most of them are going to forget. So it's, it's actually an accelerated rate of learning using this technique than what most people will do anyway. So, and by the way, when they practice this stuff in the real world, they're going to be much more confident in their delivery as a result of, of using that technique as well. So the third thing that you can do to become a much better public speaking coach, especially if you're doing train the trainer, is you want to give your students time to practice. So when you deliver the train the trainer 
presentation skills lessons, you want to make sure to reinforce to the trainers that you're doing the training the trainer for that the practice time for the students is absolutely vital. Now, this is really geared toward train the trainer and presentation skills, but I think it's true in just about any type of, of genre of train the trainer that you're doing. A lot of times we think that in order to be a great presenter or a great teacher, we have to um, constantly be talking. We have to constantly be doing something in front of the room. When in reality, people learn faster when they're doing something. So you have to give the, your students a, a chance to really practice the stuff that you're teaching them. And it's, and it's absolutely critical when we're talking about public speaking skills. The more that the trainer talks, the less impact the content is going to have for each of the students. And in fact, in the sessions that we teach in the, the Fearless Presentations class, we tend to have a goal to have the, the, the teacher speak for less than 25% of each session. Now, there are some sessions that are really content-driven, and so the, the, presenter is going to, the speaker is going to be speaking a, um, a lot more in those sessions. But in some sessions, the speaker might give instructions for maybe five minutes, and then the remaining hour and 15 minutes of that session might be the, the participants actually doing what we've taught them how to do. So that practice is really, really key. The, um, in, in, in most of the fearless presentation sessions, you know, when we're teaching people how to, to be better speakers, we're going to have the teacher give instructions. And then after the instructor will give the verbal instructions, typically that's fairly short, that instructor is going to give an example. That's what we talked about before. Give that example because the example really teach it, teaches. And then let the students design their own presentation based on the instruction that we've given them and the example that we've given them to follow. And then once they've had a chance to really design that presentation, most often we're going to have them practice with another person in, in, the, in the group and do a, a practice with a partner. And we'll do all that before we actually have the person actually get up to speak in front of the group. We're basically minimizing the risk because now that person has actually gone through this process multiple times for each one of these items that we're, we're teaching them or that we're trying to cover. So the technique gives, and by the way, it also gives our instructors, the people who are, who are doing the coaching in the class, it gives them a number of opportunities to coach the student prior to that person getting up in front of the group and and uh, and speaking so so it, it's 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 got a lot of great advantages by doing that way uh, the fourth thing that you can do if you want to be a much much better public speaking coach is you have to realize that coaching skills are way more important than critiquing skills this is one of the things that we talked about on the on last week's podcast that can be somewhat challenging where we, a lot of times we think as a coach our job is to critique people. It's to, it's to catch people doing things wrong. When in reality, we would much rather have the person have a success and then praise them on the success. And if we're a good coach, we could make sure that they have a success. So, so the, the, and, and that is really one, one of the key things about being a public speaking trainer, a public speaking coach. You, you don't want to let the student fail. It's much better to coach the person and and um, and make sure that that person has, has a success, and then it's easier to give them a compliment at the end. So one of the truly bad outcomes of of of, of teaching of teaching the way that most people do, where they give a a critique, is that if you don't see a flaw, you know, if a, if a person is using that technique where they're 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 trying to find, find something to critique. 
if the person doesn't actually see a flaw in the person's delivery, they'll still find something because we're never going to be perfect. And so we may just do an exceptional job or the person, the student may do an exceptional job speaking. And if you're using the critique technique, then you're still going to find something wrong with it. <laughs> and so that's a, and that can be very detrimental to a person's, to a person's uh, confidence. So a good presentation skills trainer is going to make sure that the person doesn't actually fail in the first place. And as a coach, I can actually help the speaker improve while he or she is actually up in front of the group speaking. So basically, instead of looking for the flaws and then pointing them out after the fact, I'm looking for the flaws as the person is delivering that presentation and then helping that person fix those flaws while the person is still up speaking. So that, by the way, most of the coaching that I do and that I'm teaching my presenters how to do is so subtle that most of the people in the class will never even know that we're in the back of the room kind of coaching the person who's up in front of the room in front of the room so um, so these are some of the things that you can do by the way there, there are a number of different things that I teach my public speaking coaches to do and that you can do these as well if you are doing a train the trainer session or if you're wanting to be a public speaking coach so these are ways to coach a student that will help him or her improve during the actual presentation. The very first thing and the most important, most critical thing is the one that we talked about early, earlier is you want to give them a good example that the student can use as a guide. So that person is less likely to get up in front of the group and flub if you've shown them what you want them to do and they've seen it and they can reproduce that right they can they have a they have a model to go after so that that example is just so 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 critical and so important in the teaching process the second thing is you can have the students practice with a partner we talked about that a few minutes ago practice with a partner before speaking to the group this gives the trainer a chance to kind of look for those flaws while the person is delivering. You can walk around the room, you can kind of hear what people are saying and watch what they're doing, and you can give a few tips while they're practicing with a partner that will help them keep from making a, a, a big mistake when they're in front of the group. Third thing is, if you get the speaker started well, then the person is typically going to do much better than if they just kind of get up in front of the room and it's dead silence. The first sentence out of a person's mouth is typically the hardest when he or she gets up to speak, especially if they're nervous. And so a good coach will do a, a good job of introducing the person and then leading a round of applause. So, you know, please help me welcome our next speaker, Doug, boom, and, and kind of give them a round of applause. While that applause is going on, that person now is able to get started in a much more effective way. It's a whole lot better than having having your person get up by saying, "Okay, you're next, go." <laughs> There's nothing. So the person is the whole time the person is walking up to the front of the room, they're getting more nervous. They're thinking about what they want to say and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to make them a whole lot more nervous. So uh, so that that little subtle thing that we do as the person is coming up can be very helpful. Uh, the next thing that you can do to coach people while they're actually giving the, the, the speech is, and this is really one of the most critical ones, is you want to mirror the student from the back of the room. So a good coach will model the behavior from the back of the room that he or she wants the student to do in front of the room. So we're basically an anchor at the back of the room. So if we see somebody, for instance, kind of gripping their hands in front of them or you know maybe their elbows are kind of 
tight at their at their sides, that kind of thing. Then at the back of the room, we can kind of stand with our with our feet shoulder width apart and our hands kind of drop down to the side, kind of move our hands a little bit. And what happens is the person who's in front of the room, they see us in the back doing this and they think, oh, and I can do that too. And it's very subtle. Nobody in the room will actually know that you're doing that except for the person who's actually up speaking. And so it doesn't embarrass them or anything like that. And, and the most important one, and this is the last one that we'll cover, but it's really the most critical, and this is the one that's probably the hardest for me to teach my instructors how to do when, when they're starting with me for the first time, is to give the people who are in front of the room what I call attaboys. <laughs> the attaboys, you know, basically we're praising them while they're actually doing, while they're actually up in front of the group. So with, with each of the coaching techniques that we're talking about, once the student does what we want him or her to do, it's really important that we reinforce it with that, that attaboy. So a simple cut or perfect or, you know, sometimes I'll just do a, a, an okay sign from the back of the room or a thumbs up from the back of the room. One of those things that lets the person in front of the room, when they see me do that or they hear me do that subtly, they're thinking, okay, that's what he wanted me to do. I'm doing well. And that helps them get over that next hump. And it makes it a lot easier. Most of the time when, especially when somebody's really, really nervous about speaking in front of a group, most of the time what will happen is they're wondering while they're up speaking, especially in those first couple of sentences that, that come out of their mouths, they're thinking, am I doing the right thing? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. I'm not sure if this is what he wants. I'm not sure if I'm, and And there's so much doubt that's going on in the person's mind. So that little good from the back of the room will actually help the person that's up in front of the room say, okay, that's what, it, okay, I'm doing right, good, I'm doing well. And they can kind of move on. And typically they'll start to come out of their shell really dramatically in that in that short period of time. So those attaboys are, are really good. Now each of these really subtle coaching techniques will allow the student to present in a more fluid and confident way. And, and that way when the student sits down, he or she really feels like they had a success in front of the room. So, and by the way, if you do that fourth thing, if you're a really good coach, it makes it a whole lot easier for you to do number five, which is to compliment every success. Mark Twain once said, you know, I can live for two months on a good compliment, right? So um, one of the big mistakes that, that I kind of see a lot of public speaking coaches make is they, they want to compliment somebody even if the person really did a terrible job. And that kind of, I mean, that sounds very cold, I know. But when we're the speaking coach, when we're the person that that uh, is up in front of the room and we, and we, and by the way, when I was first training to do this, this is the way I was taught to, to um, deliver public speaking training, was um, the, the person who taught me how to, how to do this said, um, you know, basically, you you have to praise every single person that comes through your through your room, and um, what the big challenge with that though is that sometimes folks will really not accept my coaching. <laughs> sometimes people will not do. It's rare, but every once in a while, folks will do the exact opposite of what I've asked them to do. Every once in a while, somebody will just do a terrible job, and if I tell them how great they were doing that, then I've reinforced that negative behavior. It's the exact opposite I'm looking for. And the other thing that will happen in that situation is that since other people got up and I praised them, and then they watched this this yahoo get up and do a terrible job, and I praise that person too. I was like, oh, well, he's just, he's got to see that. You know, he's got to say something good about every one of us, right? So, um, by the way, I, 
in the fearless presentations classes, one of the things that we that we really strive to do is make sure that when everybody sits down, we we give them a really positive kind of compliment to to let them know what they're really good at. And it and it's actually not that hard to do if you're doing that fourth step well. If you're coaching really well, then it's real easy to give everybody a compliment because they will have succeeded when they when he or she sits down. It's not going to always be the case, and so sometimes I sometimes my my compliment might be a little bit tapered. <laughs> it might be a little tapered based on and when somebody hears me kind of step back a little bit on that compliment, then that actually has a bigger emphasis on improvement than me just giving them a, a half-hearted compliment just because I'm supposed to, right? So. Um, and by the way, that's the, the, this is one of those things that's really subtle in the delivery process, but it's really important as well. So, uh, a, a couple. Of, uh, uh, but by the way, the 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 reason why the compliment works, or the, what makes the compliment so easy, is those previous couple of items that we talked about. So, if I have a really really good, solid example to give the students, and then I coach the person as he or she gives their speech then that person is much more likely to succeed when he or she is in front of the room. And so as a result, it's now much easier for me to give a compliment in, in that kind of situation. If I give a bad example and I don't coach, then a sincere compliment is going to be very challenging. And that's one of the things I've kind of seen with folks that have actually been through the fearless presentations, train the trainer process, who who don't ever get their certification. There's very few people that have ever actually held that honor, but but it does happen. Most often it's because they really didn't get get really good at doing those first two things. They never got really good at the examples, they never got really good at the coaching, and so the compliments never never came. And so those are those 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 that those first two parts are critical to helping that person increase his or her compliment and, and so or confidence. So that compliment the, the good example, the coaching, those three things work together to really help instill confidence in the person that, that we're teaching. So just like I've explained in, in this session, you know, focus on the improvements that you want to make in bite-sized pieces. Don't try to apply every single one of these things at once. Small improvements will make you a much, much better presentation coach. So hopefully this has been very valuable to me. Make sure and give me some feedback and, and let me know how you're liking the podcast. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, make sure and do that so every time we have a new session, you'll, be, you'll get access to it right away. Thanks. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week. 